0: you must agree that china is in the news a lot these days for whatever reason whether it's south china sea whether it's with the us or whether it's with trade with australia one of its declared goals that has received less attention is that by 2025 its weather modification program will allow china to control rain and snow across an area that is more than one and a half times the size of India. That's 20 times the size of the UK. China's State Council said weather modification will intensify in areas of mitigating drought, hail, fires and high temperatures, while also assisting agricultural production and preserving ecologically protected areas. We don't know how successful China will be in controlling their own weather. But what will be the impacts on neighbouring countries? How will their weather be affected by these technologies and experiments? Kirk Clyde is a political commentator and a meteorologist. How achievable is this?
1: Well, you're looking at a really large effort that's taking place, and it's been categorically proven that man can change the weather, but at what cost? Remember the other guy, as President Biden calls him, not not the other dog. What a ham. It's unbelievable. The other guy tried or at least thought about nuking a hurricane. Uh, that, that wouldn't exactly work. That's like trying to go after a fly with a you know rifle or shotgun so we can have climate modification i want to point out i am not a climatologist but i did spend about 25 years on tv talking about the weather so picked up a little bit through osmosis and i'm wearing a sweatshirt today cuz we're doing a little science and my daughter has just picked up a position at temple university starting this fall in september as an attending physician and an associate professor so giving a shout out to the folks on north broad street in philadelphia but I thought we'd look at it this way. Right now, China has pumped some money into this, and their neighbors need to be concerned because it's not a zero-sum game. You've got a situation where if you modify the weather in China, the neighbors, Vietnam, Thailand, Burma, all kinds of places can have fallout from it. You mentioned India. Of course, India, also another uh, neighbor of China. But look at it this way. What we're dealing with here. Is we've got China, they've got a spoon. Let's say you've got a big pool, big swimming pool, kind of like a pool back there in the driveway. You've got a big pool and you got some crazy little kid in there, got a spoon, and they're pouring food coloring dye into the pool. And you, know, what, what is going on with this? Sure, it will have an impact on a corner of the pool, and that impact will spread. But we have climate change, which is like somebody on the other side pouring it with not milk, maybe sludge into the environment. And so that is what needs to be looked at. Clearly, this is not something that can be ignored, the Chinese modification. But what we've got going on here is something called the Atlantic. It really affects many continents. The Atlantic meridial overturning circulation. That is the core of what is known as the Gulf Stream. And it it starts off Africa. It affects South America, North America, and, of course, Europe. And right now, that is something that I think has more Preeminence over Chinese climate change because there is this big coal blob southwest of Greenland. And what that is doing is that is inhibiting that cold water in the North Atlantic, is inhibiting the Gulf Stream, which goes way back. Ponce de Leon in 1513 first talked about the Gulf Stream. And of course, Benjamin Franklin did scientific experiments on his journeys back and forth between the old and new worlds to categorically prove that it exists. And it is a key. It is a key to say. Places like Sweden and Finland being inhabitable because it just pumps so much heat into that region. And right now with climate change, that is being disrupted. And climate scientists have gone back and they can go through the ice cores and they found that this has happened in the past and it can be long, long cycles or – in relative climatic terms, short cycles, so we're talking about maybe just tens of years, and we could be reaching a tipping point very quickly. What's happening is a lot of uh, scientists hypothesize is the melting of the ice in Greenland is pouring that cold water into the North Atlantic, and interrupting that heat transfer of energy that heads towards europe so that is one of the things that i think needs to be studied and of course we do need to worry about the modification but you got to remember here mike climate change huge gallon of sludge milk sour milk being poured into our oceans making a huge impact what china's doing Eh, kind of a teaspoon it can have an effect it can cloud the water it can cause problems or solve problems of course they uh, touted that it didn't rain for the start of the beijing olympics back in 2008 was that because of their modification or was that just because of the weather well we don't know for sure but this is something that would be better of course instead of one country doing it unilaterally to have bipartisan agreements and of course Back, I think it was in the 70s. They had an agreement not to weaponize the weather because if you get good at climate change, you've got a battle, and you've got people that are coming over to bomb you. Know, probably a good idea to create some storms and thunderstorms so that technically would be against international treaties but the peaceful modification of weather which is what the chinese are saying that they are doing now and very likely is true that is not uh, up for international treaty at this point Mm. so it's something we need to keep an eye on it's something that's very important and certainly international observers should be allowed in by the beijing government but compared to what's going on in the north atlantic and the cold blob i will give credit to the new york times they had an outstanding with graphics to try to help you explain this, New York Times, and maybe you can find that link, Mike, and uh, I'll see if I can send it to you, and you can put it on the bottom of this to give folks an idea of what is going on, and I think that is much more of a threat, because what that will do if we lose the Gulf Stream, places like Northern Africa, which of course not known as the most politically stable point on our planet, that will see reduced rain, increased salinity of water in the uh, South Atlantic. We're seeing some the least salt water, least salinity in the northern areas around northern Greensland and up into the Arctic uh, because of all the melt that is taking place. And climate change is say, well, it's just so cold in Texas. Well, what happened is the Arctic warms so fast it has to push that cold air somewhere, and the folks in Texas got it. So climate, a very, very interesting animal to try to predict. I was reading some quotes from climatologists, and one said, the climate is an angry beast. You don't want to be poking it with a stick, and that's kind of what the Chinese are doing. They're poking it with a Mm. stick with – With uh, what they're happening with climate change, but the rest of the world with their modification, the rest of the world with climate change, we're throwing the sludge at it. So I think right now, something to be concerned about, one of my major worries compared to COVID and all the other things that are going on. No, but I'm sure at least hopeful than the Biden administration. There are a couple of Asian specialists at the State Department that are on this and keeping tabs on what the Chinese are doing, because while it is certainly something that is important and worth watching, whether they're going to be able to achieve their goal and have modification over 60 percent of the country by 2025, as someone that spent 25 years dealing with the weather mm-hmm. admittedly mainly as a tv meteorologist i'm very skeptical of their abilities to do that with any great deal of reliability it's a lot of energy and effort for what it sometimes is a minimal amount of change
0: yeah cloud seeding has been around for a long time even in australia because we're such a uh, large continent and uh, a hell of a number of droughts and very arid uh, but you need cloud <laughs> so if you have the right. clouds it's like well blue skies mm, the uh, all, well, all yeah. the setting would do is probably hit you on the head
1: you yeah, need condensation nuclei <laughs> is the appropriate term for it so without condensation nuclei what are you gonna do and of course one thing that we are seeing is increased rainfall i just saw the folks in western australia they've just finished one of their wettest summers in quite a while because here again more temperature warmer atmosphere it can support more moisture so increased rainfall globally is one of the results of a warming environment
0: yes we're heading up to um, uh, tomorrow in fact I'm going to journey back to the uh up to the north of Queensland which is uh, one of the areas that you've been I'm not too sure if they've taken down those those least wanted posters of you uh, but but yeah we we're there at Christmas and we hit a uh, a cyclone and we thought wow this right. is interesting well this trip tomorrow uh we we're, we're doing the train because we really can't get out of Australia so we thought Let's see part of Queensland, yeah, and we're going straight, straight back into another cyclone. I mean, it's just cyclonic to say the least. Well,
1: that is one of the situations you're talking about here with the Gulf Stream. And if you Mm. reduce the Atlantic oscillation with the currents there, you could have a real chance of increasing Atlantic hurricanes. Mm. Because one of the things the Gulf Stream does is it regulates the heat balance of our planet. It takes where there's way too much heat between the equator and the uh, Tropic of Cancer and moves that heat to the north. So if you reduce how much heat is being moved, then... You have all that heat sitting around. And what is heat? It is fuel for hurricanes. Now, I don't know the full dynamics of the circulation patterns around northern Queensland, but I would think something similar could be taking place because the the reduction of the Gulf Stream in the North Atlantic, that is going to have climatic consequences worldwide. What the Chinese are doing, maybe for their neighbors and certainly some localized uh, impacts, but compared to the other it is almost literally a spoonful in the swimming pool.
0: And a great debate, a great debate. Even your swimming pool on the driveway, it's still a great debate, climate change. There are those that uh, believe it is uh, it is happening, but it's not as extreme as others say. And yet others say it is more extreme than you could ever believe. So it's this debate that will continue it's, to go on and on. Well, and we on. may live to see
1: it because a tipping point and through climatic science shows <laughs> that you can't say hey, it's happening. The dog's going to say it's happening. you got to pay attention to this. <laughs> Because we've got a tipping point and it could be just a matter of decades before mm. it's hard to put the uh, genie back in the box. Just ask those people in Texas that are still without drinkable water about climate change. and How many pipes and their ceilings burst? Oh, my <laughs> God, it's but, raining but, in the kitchen but.
0: again. You must have been impressed with the renewables. They really worked Well no not.
1: Well, they what happened was they weren't weatherized there. The renewables worked fine. In fact, they worked better than the fossil fuels. The thing is they said, Oh, it ain't ever gonna get this cold down here in Texas. We don't need to do that. No way, it never gonna get that cold. You know, one thing you learn living in Las Vegas is try not to say the word never (laughs) because as soon as you say the word never that happens. Like my, my partner, Mark, used to always say, have a bad time at the casino. And he'd say, don't worry, they never close." Hmm. What did they do for 79 days? They closed. So never is not hmm. a good word to use. I'd never try to say never.
0: Kirk Clyde, a uh, political commentator, uh, the uh, weather meteorologist, uh, Just knows all about all and with the dogs. Thank you very much. Very
1: much. Go Temple Owls! Temple Owls! Dr. Kylie Client look for if you're in Philadelphia.
0: Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan has just been signed into law. The measure is the sixth major COVID-19 relief bill Congress has authorised in a year and a sum of emergency spending totaling around $5 trillion U.S. We look more closely at what is contained in this bill and how it will affect business and the economy. We're joined by Blake Christian, a partner with Holthouse, Carlin and Van Trite. Blake, great to see you once again. Always great to see you, Mike. President Biden's American Rescue Plan is law. Can you give us maybe an update on it, including the outcome of the minimum wage?
2: Well, I've got good news and bad news. Uh uh, We'll start with the good news. is the minimum wage... Did not get built in. The um, Senate did away with that, but it'll it'll probably come back. Uh, the bad news is it's 1.9 trillion dollars. So you know, with six different rescue packages, we're at about six trillion dollars of spending. Uh, now I'm I'm all for some of it, but this one is is full of pork. And uh, there's a few good things in it, but there's just, you know,
0: hundreds of billions of dollars of pork. Speaking of pork, I did see when this was announced, a couple of pigs fly by. So (laughs) maybe that's the pork bit. Look, the the OECD projects the U.S. economy will grow by around about 6.5 percent this year. This would be the highest rate of growth for some time, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, you know, but it you know, with statistics, when when you're coming off a low year, it's easier to pop your growth rate. Um, you know, we're we're hopeful that you know it will be that high, um, and uh, I, don't, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't. You know, we've been shuttered, we're starting to open up the economy, and there's a lot of pent up demand.
0: So I, I I think we will have a a very strong year this is the uh, sixth major COVID 19 relief bill congress has authorized in a year uh, and a sum of emergency spending up to around about five trillion dollars that's us dollars which is real money uh, <laughs> do, th- do you think this limit this will limit the administration's ability to properly address tax reform
2: well i think it- handcuffs them on a lot of levels um, and you know it's not gonna not gonna bode well for the the value of the dollar or inflation down the road Um, but um, it's yeah I think I think they've painted themselves into a corner with this and uh, as I said earlier it's you know there's there's definitely some good um, relief for for certain businesses and individuals that was needed, but there's just they just tacked on so so many different things, and uh, I can go through those with you if you like. Yep, if you wouldn't mind. I have to go to notes because this is hundreds of pages of uh, um, uh, of a bill, but uh, three hundred million dollars for migrant and refugee assistance. Right. Uh, Twenty. 20 Billion dollars to the United States Postal Service, and I can't, I cannot tell you. I mean, I, I I defend the Postal Service because you can get a stamp from coast. I mean, putting a whatever fifty-five cent stamp on and go from coast to coast, it's a good deal. But you know, half of my mail doesn't arrive now. (laughs) Uh, And after saying that, it may never. None of my mail may arrive. Three hundred thousand for the Endowment of the Arts. I mean, we can't really be going to those kind of events right now anyway. So um, 30 million, 30 billion dollars for the Department of Education. And Which no one goes to school. That. No one goes to school. so Yeah. And most sense. of that's not going to go to teachers. It's going to be admin. Excellent. <laughs> uh, again, 500 million to museums and libraries. Mm. People aren't going there right now. Um, the uh, oh, this is this is a great one. 720 million to Social Security Administration, but only 200,000 is really going to go to the uh, beneficiaries. Most of it's for admin costs. Um, 25 million for cleaning supplies for the Capitol building. Uh, this this is another one you'll love. 25 million for additional salaries for the House of Representatives. Uh, 315 million for the State Department diplomatic programs, which really don't do a whole lot. 95 million for the Agency of International Development. 300 million for International Disaster Assistance. Emphasis on international stuff there. I think charity begins at home right now. Nine million for miscellaneous Senate expenses. The House got a lot more than the the Senate, which uh, is interesting. A billion dollars for the airlines recycle and save program, don't you think the airlines should be doing paying for that? Mm-hmm. Two point five uh, million. This this one's actually I'm offended because it's so low. Two point five million for public and Indian housing. That's not going to go anywhere. You know, I mean that's mm. that's nothing. That's that's just insulting that that's all they would give that group. So anyway, I'll 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 get off my soapbox.
0: Yeah, but a lot of pork barreling there. The the actual uh, I see the issue being not just the pork barreling, not just the the excessive spending. It has to be paid back. And you mentioned last week about uh, inflation. How will you? How will the U.S. come out of this? I mean, if you've got high inflation, high cost of living, uh, and this social do good program from uh, from the Biden administration, I mean, Go, go forward, say maybe two years. Where do you think you'll be?
2: Well, I, I would just refer you back to the Carter years um, where we had, you know, stagflation, high inflation. I bought my, my first uh, home in, uh, well, it was a uh, townhouse um, and I paid $75,000. So uh, the mortgage wasn't too bad, but that mortgage, I took it out at 12.5%, which was a good rate at that point. It climbed to nineteen and a half. Oh. Uh, you know, I mean, you had overnight deposits uh, interest rates on overnight deposits of over twenty percent. Um, it, it, it was brutal, and we had high, uh, very high, because we had the OPEC situation on fuel. Um, and, and you know, I mean, look at look at oil prices and gas prices; mm. uh, they're just through the roof. For the very short term, this is going to put a lot of money into the economy. Mm-hmm. They, I heard earlier today they're guessing that uh, up to about a third of the $1,400 uh, payments going to individuals will end up in the stock market. So the stock market's been on fire this week over here. Um so it'll you know there there'll there'll be some short-term benefits I think but uh, long-term I'm I'm not so
0: optimistic. By the way, if somebody wants to find out more about tax, how would they do that?
2: Uh hcvt.com or just google
0: Blake Christian CPA. Media Hound, Blake Christian, thank you very much. <laughs> Always good. And that's it for Asia Pacific today. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Mike Ryan.